Hello, I'm Wendy Robinson and I'm delighted to be back again uh, presenting this In Conversation With series, which aims to discuss the topics of the day with executive uh, coaches. And I'm delighted to be talking with Aaron Hewitt um, today. Uh, by way of introduction to Irene, Irene has worked independently as a consultant since 2009, specialising in leadership and organisation development. Prior to that, she was a senior leader across public and third sector organisations. She was executive director of Human Resources with the Northern Ireland Ambulance Service, um, followed by being the chief executive officer of the Beaches Management Centre, uh, now the HSC Leadership Centre for Health and Social Care in Northern Ireland. And she's also held a senior role with the King's Fund in London. She studied along the way, she studied leadership, she studied change uh, with the Tavistock Institute in London and also at Harvard. Um, and she is a fellow of the CIPD. I first met Irene on the AOEC Practitioner Diploma Programme in 2020, and I'm delighted to hook up with her again today. Welcome, Irene. Pleasure to be in conversation with you today, Wendy. Looking oh, forward to it. Thank you, Irene. Lovely to, to see you again. So, Irene, with um you have you have a lot of experience being a senior leader um over many years in your career, and you also have many years' experience of developing leaders and supporting them in, in their development through various ways, including leadership development programs, organizational change initiatives, board facilitation, etc. So I'm just really curious with all of that wealth of experience, where you see executive coaching fitting in? So with executive coaching, Wendy, I think uh, what I've realized more and more throughout my career is the value of executive coaching to the individual. It's such a bespoke uh, approach to an individual. I think it begins with where the person is at, which a lot of other development doesn't, you know, organization development, whilst certainly valuing uh, individuals is looking at a whole, it's looking at the system, it's, it's you know, coming maybe from an organization stance. Leadership development often also is designed around a group of people. You know, you're developing leaders uh, and you know, even with the best uh, designed programs, you know, one person is there alongside other people and it's a sort of common set of developments. And I've seen great, out great outcomes from leadership development, but executive coaching feels like it's in here and now. It's, you know, it, it's meeting a person's needs as they are at the moment, the challenges they face at the moment. It's giving them space almost to step back and, quite a structured way in many ways to actually just reflect on what's going on and to do some of the diagnosis of their the context and, and how they are and who they are and how they're behaving within that. And I, I think it's amazingly powerful because it provides that space uh, to think in a safe and challenging, and it can be challenging, a challenging but safe space to actually think through where is it that I want to go and how do I get there? So to me, um, whilst all of the other um, 
um, approaches, I suppose, to development, both the individual development, leadership development, organization development, team development, development all incredibly valuable uh, and, you know, absolutely have their place. Executive coaching is about personal change and it has a power, mm -hmm. I think, that the others don't immediately have mm -hmm. for the individual. So that's, I suppose, I've, so that the value of executive coaching has just grown in my mind and yeah, in my yeah. experience with people over the last, probably over the last 10 years. Yes, so. yes. So something about it being very immediate, very relevant to whatever the leader is, you know, currently sitting with or facing into, very immediate, relevant um, and yeah, really about personal personal change and maybe a personal taking stock as well. Yes. It, it, it's funny, a, a book I read a long time ago, it's probably been around quite a while now, you know, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Leaders, Stephen Covey's work. And I think his seventh habit is sharpen the saw. And I think it's often a habit we all forget, the importance of actually looking after ourselves and the importance of our own development and our own resilience, you know, the emotional, the mental, the physical uh, uh, resilience. And again, I think coaching play a part in, you know, plays a part in that. It, it is about the seventh habit. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it sharpens the saw for people and enables them to, I think, improve their leadership skills um, to replenish maybe their energy at times just to you know get that get that energy and that excitement back and actually to place some of the stresses and concerns that are around them to put them into a perspective um so i don't know why that came into my mind when you said that but it just came into my mind that there's something yeah. again coaching uh I, I think coaching sometimes is almost the last thing that really busy high achieving <laughs> leaders turn to but actually it's probably one of the most important things um uh because otherwise you, you know i i'm quite extrovert i have been i think i'm a i've been a busy person all my life to stop and take stock <laughs> is always one of the hardest things to do and that's what executive coaching provides the support to do yeah so the support to sharpen the saw yeah and the support to actually think you know uh, maybe more strategically, but at an individual level, what next? Mm -hmm. How do I deal with the challenges that I have? How do I make sense of what's around me? What's my plan? Mm -hmm. you know, and that's that again, I think, huge value. So, as a busy person, when you were in those leadership positions, did did, did you have a coach? Were you, were you coached at times? Yes, I was coached at times, and uh, again, you. Probably opportunistically, rather it came about opportunistically rather than planned. So I don't think at a point I suddenly thought I need coaching. I came across someone that I uh, realized was an excellent coach and I thought mm, I have to try this. In fact, I was probably at the time organizing a, a leadership program for other people and looking at um, supporting the program with coaching for individuals to give that sort of more individual uh, support. And uh, I, I think one day I just stopped and thought about why am I not doing this for myself and actually signed up to a coach. 
and I find that incredibly useful yeah. and it was at a point actually um when I was in a role that felt very lonely in some ways and you know where the buck stops with you you're at the top of a you know an organization and there are very few people to turn to and say I am finding this really tough or you know so you're you're maintaining that um that face of in control wanting to give other people confidence not wanting other people maybe to feel some of the the pressures around yeah and actually sometimes you need that person for yourself and I was very fortunate being introduced to someone and I find the sessions incredibly useful to me and actually opened up I suppose conversations about my ongoing career and uh, help me to make decisions about myself that mm. were incredibly useful yeah fantastic fantastic and did you did you find it hard to slow down and take that time for yourself or were you immediately I guess in tune with what the coaching was about because you'd you'd asked for it you'd sought it out really I think the slowdown was only actually just to create the space in the first okay. instance, trying to fit it, fit it in. Ah. And um, once I had almost once I got the logistics there. Yes. Um, and um, I was, I, of course, the coach was very good. So but the coach helped me to slow down, I suppose, and to be more reflective. Mm. And it wasn't um, it. it it wasn't an easy or a it, it it was often comfortable but not always comfortable you know so that's um you know I'm somebody who I'm always looking to think well how do I do this what's the issue how do, how do I address it and um it was good that somebody actually just slowed me down and asked me questions and give me space to answer them and to think my way around things so I think once once we got the coaching relationship set up, uh, mm. you know, I find it I find it good. It wasn't difficult for me. It yeah, wasn't yeah. difficult. Yeah, yeah, and I'm thinking of the environment that we're currently in, um, in the midst of the pandemic. The really difficult last be about eighteen months now, wouldn't it? Eighteen months for leaders across all all sectors, and um, I wonder what your views are on when a leader really is under pressure and struggling and isolated at the top, uh, big challenges on, on, on their plate, um, how hard it is to get those logistics in place for a coach and to, yeah. yeah, to make it, to make it happen. Even if intellectually they're thinking, yeah, it'd be a great idea to have a coach. I'd love to have one, but I just don't have, yeah. I just don't have the time. Yeah. it's not interesting it's paradox almost the time when you most need the support is the time when you haven't the time and sometimes the energy to do it and it does require a bit of energy to say I am going to you know set this time aside for myself and I am going to you know be open enough with somebody to discuss you know to be open and, and honest with myself as well using a coach to be you know to really examine some things so but that's why in some ways Wendy when I think back on it just getting the logistics in place mm -hmm. you know set the time aside just say I am going to do this for myself mm -hmm. and I, I you know look back uh, at some of the leaders that I've admired uh, through my life and 
some of the best of those leaders were people who actually did prioritize their development. You know, they took the time to think, and it's back it's that sharpening the saw again. You know, they made sure that they were the best they could be to carry out the role that they had. But that did require some investment in themselves and, yeah. and you know, really important. And and I I suppose I have some concerns, you know, watching some of the the leaders that I've seen in the public sector over the last 12 months, you know, working at um, full mm. throttle yeah. and, you know, through some, you know, incredibly challenging times, you know, uh, mm. we, we've had all sorts, you know, we've, we've had obviously coronavirus top of the list with Brexit, yeah. um, you know, here in Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland protocol aspects of that, mm. lots going on, huge amounts going on in the public sector, uh, staff shortages, people working from home, needing to work in different ways. Um, and uh, I, I am concerned that uh, at some point, um, you know, people, not saying they're going to burn out, but they're going to hit a point where they're just exhausted. And I am seeing some people who are exhausted. And there's not a lot of sympathy for people in the public sector. You know, but I, I have to say I fly fly the flag yes. for leaders in the public sector um, mm. because I have seen amazingly dedicated leaders yeah. uh, who work long hours. They're not people in suits. They're real people with real families. Mm. And, um, you know, they work hard and long. And from some of them, I think there's almost a concern that if they stop, you know, um, it will really hit them just how much energy they've used over the last, you know, 12, yes. 18 months. Yes. And so, so you know, I think people need a chance to uh, re-energise, um, mm-hmm. to just take time out. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure where some of them are going to get that time. Yes. Other than trying to carve some space out themselves that says, I need some support. And I, I don't think it's just stop, you know, take a break yes absolutely but I think actually it would be a much more positive or progressive thing to do is carve that space out in a way that um, allows them to think their next 12 months and think about how they recharge how they develop how they continue to lead their organizations how they watch out for the people that they're leading because the staff are also in that position yes so yeah yeah and as you were talking there I was thinking um, when I when I watch news coverage and I see I see leaders being interviewed, um, you know, on TV, and I hadn't really thought about it before, but as listening to you, I really it's almost like I examine their faces to see mm-hmm. how tired they are. Yeah. I, I look for the signs. So, say the chief medical officer, you know, showing up for the six o'clock news every day or whatever. It's like I look at his face to see how exhausted is that man, the bags under the eyes or whatever. Um, and of course, it's not just the public, the publicly visible leaders like that. It's it's so, so, so many people in those organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And in the private sector too, you know, I watch the, you know, the um, folk dropping off the prime, the Amazon parcels and the, you yeah. know, there, there are people who have just been running flat out for a yes. long time and um yes. you know the world's it's been a, a confusing world the last 18 months an uncertain world 
I think frightening for people as well, mm. you know, um, concerning when people have thought about their families. So a lot of pressures on people over the last um, the last while. And again, you know, to me, that's where I, I suppose, that, you know, I, I'm looking at obviously I'm thinking of the people who are maybe having to stand up and take a lead in organisations um, that have to continue to deliver, 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 you know, and that to me, I'm looking and thinking, well, well, what help could we give? And that to me is where coaching, executive coaching comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's intense, it's, it's targeted, it's personal. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that I certainly valued myself, but I've seen others um, almost light up with the value of it. Which yeah. is great. Yeah. You, yeah. you you talk very evocatively about about coaching. And it'd be lovely to hear if, if anything comes to mind for you, just maybe what it's been like coaching coaching people over the past eight, 18 months through the trials and tribulations we've had. I I I think it's been quite um rewarding for me actually I have to be honest and say that you know I, I because I've seen the how people have responded to it and I think for some people you know some of some of the people I've coached uh you get a sense when you talk to them that it's been you know that first conversation has been the first time in a while that they've had a chance to almost park up and say oh this is what it's like and the emotion that comes out as well um, because they've held all of that in and you know maybe you know I or another coach you know we're the first people to have actually said how are you yeah and that has actually been very emotional mm-hmm. and you know that's oh and then an awful lot tumbles out you know and and you realize that you know people leaders leaders do not want to appear vulnerable and therefore, you know, in a coaching situation, when 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 if it's a safe environment, a safe enough environment, and they're able actually to be open with you, possibly even in a way they haven't been open with their families, mm. you know, they're able to say, "Here's what, here's what's been happening. This is what it's felt like." You know, mm. I'm, you know, and it, it it's it it has been as I I feel rewarding for me or a real privilege for me to have had an opportunity to have those conversations mm. and I hope for the the coaching relationships that have been in place you know I have seen people move their way through things mm. now not everything's a perfect journey <laughs> through coaching so the coaching journey is not you know we start at you know person comes in at naught and they leave at 10 or something you know life's not like that but actually just to have that privilege of walking alongside them for a while um, to actually help them think their way through something, um, to be with them on that emotional fallout as well, almost um, while they, you know, get get that out and actually think, do you know, I, I'm okay. I've been through this and I'm actually okay. I'm still standing mm. and I'm now looking on. That, yeah. That's been a real privilege, actually. Oh. And it's been so, so in a strange way, the last 12 to 18 months have, have, um, been interesting in a good way as well you know it's just seeing yeah how human we all are yes and and how resilient people are uh and but how important it is to take that time uh you know to sharpen up to, mm-hmm. and to just look after ourselves yes yeah. yes and i'm also reflecting 
how important it is for us as coaches as well to sharpen our saws and you know the the the, the pandemic was well, the word used was unprecedented, but obviously probably in many ways it wasn't. There had been pandemics before, but um, it was a shock. It was a shock to us. Um, and uh, and we had our own stuff to go through as as coaches, although perhaps perhaps because we're. I don't know, the coach training we do, the support we get as coaches, the peer networks, etc. We're maybe better placed like we we already have our support in place and are used to accessing it yes. but yes. it's important that we remember to do that as yes. well it's it's almost like super important yeah yeah i think you're right wendy because i think if we're taking um you know i, I said about it, it's a privilege to to walk with other people in coaching um but you know we need to keep our look after ourselves to be able to do that role i think and and also we need to continue learning you know and so i think you and i met obviously on the aoec course you know and it's not that i hadn't been coaching for a number i've been coaching for quite a lot of years but i you know you come to there there is an ongoing need for us to develop as coaches and to be open to that development and to learn from one another. And I have to say that the experience of going through that program with other people was a great learning experience for me. Uh, and I learned new things, you know, we continue to learn all the time. And maybe I got some old things out that I've forgotten about and gave them a bit of <laughs> polish and thought, Do you know what, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's why that's, that's there. And, you know, so that's that's need for ongoing development. Supervision, really important. I think the coaching supervision, really important. And I think you're right in some ways, Wendy. The fact that we we have maybe gone into coaching uh, suggests that we are, you know, aware of some things and we're open to certain things. But we do need to keep 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 focused on that. You know? Yes. Yes. I'd love to hear about your training at Harvard with um, Ron Heifetz and uh -huh. who's the other guy? Marty Linsky. Marty Linsky. Ron, Ron Heifetz and Marty yeah, Linsky. Yeah. yeah. So, and maybe even how that uh -huh. anything you learned there is perhaps serving you well in our current context. So that um, was a program probably back, I'm sort of thinking maybe 2008 even, Wendy, I'm not exactly sure, but it's quite a while back. And mm -hmm. um, it was a program uh, on adaptive leadership and it was aimed at people who were leadership developers. Yeah. So it, it wasn't me there as a leader, you know, mm -hmm. learn on a leadership development program. It was me there with other leadership developers in this adaptive leadership context with uh, on a program led by Ron Heifetz and Marty Linsky, who are the great writers on adaptive leadership. And it was such a wonderful experience. Um, and it, it came probably at a point that was important for me because I was wanting to develop my approaches leadership development more. When I went on the program, I don't think I realized that I was going to have such a, a challenging <laughs> time on it. And they really test you. You know, it's a, you know, you're part of a group of maybe 60, 70 people who are some of the 
gurus of leadership development themselves from America, Europe, South America, Africa. You know, it was such an international uh, group of people. And, you know, we, we were thrown right into the deep end uh, on day one in the huge auditorium. Uh, uh, Ron Heifetz stood up and said, where do we begin? And we were all open mouthed thinking, oh, what's coming next from the guru? He said not another word and didn't speak for an hour. Mm. And we all looked at each other and thought, what, what do we do now? <laughs> and it was really interesting because he was creating a, a dynamic in this large group of people of anxiety, frustration, challenge. We had to talk to one another, think, why is this man standing at the front not speaking? What? But he, he it, it was a very unusual way to begin. It was, a, I think, a programme, 10 days, two weeks. I can't remember how long the programme was. Incredibly intense. And it was very much about us as, as individuals and the dynamic of how a group operated and how we connect with other people and the factions that arise in groups and and how we influence others and they would think nothing of you know in a huge group discussion creating conflict at times and and actually saying to you you know that wasn't a particularly helpful interventionary <laughs> you know so it really was really was we were on our metal throughout the, the time but really what they were doing was was recreating some of their lessons on leadership and the importance of adapting to your context and the importance of understanding um understanding the environment that you're operating in so you know some very simple ideas in many ways but quite profound you know the idea of uh, being on the balcony and on the dance floor at the same time our view from a balcony looking down is completely different you can see groups of people clumps people dancing not dancing the in groups the out groups and being able as a leader to look from the balcony at the same time as being on the dance floor and on the dance floor, feeling the heat of the moments and the everything, the people, the close up to you. So, you know, very simple ideas in some ways, turning the temperature up. They believe that leadership, adaptive leadership says that leadership's honed when the temperature is up. So the ability in a group to raise the temperature, not to a point where it's unbearable, but to a point where you really see people's behaviours coming through and actually looking at challenges in that context and, and you know, uh, getting people to really understand how they're reacting to things. So great idea. The idea of creating a holding environment, you know, as, mm. as developers of others, but I think as leaders of others, we hold the environment. We create mm -hmm. a safe and challenging space for people to operate in, work within. Uh, and the last thing maybe I'll comment on is case in point. Because the thing that I came away most strongly with from that programme, I think, was that do not we do not lead in abstract. We don't develop people in abstract. We develop people around real issues and real problems. And that's what coaching's about. Coaching's not a theoretical, fluffy discussion. Coaching mm -hmm. is about what is it you're working on at the moment? What's the challenge? What What's the thing that's really confronting you at the minute? Mm -hmm. How are you going about that? What's your mm -hmm. way forward? And mm -hmm. that's what adaptive leadership's about. It's about mm -hmm. understanding. They talk about case in point. What is the case in point that you're actually working with? Yeah. And I love that. I took, I've taken that with me, I yeah. think, in team development, organisation development and in my coaching. Yes, yes. Yeah. I never thought of that before. The case in point methodology is inherently coaching. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it is. You know, um, 
and and I think sometimes it's a hard place to be, but it's actually the most relevant place to be. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so it's it's been good. Um, and I was also thinking the standing on the balcony. We probably do that as coaches as well. We help the person stand above yeah. and see it, take a different perspective on on what's happening. Um, and it's also something about creating a container, creating an environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So incredibly <laughs> worthwhile, Wendy. Yes. It's, you know, as with everything in life, you, you, you know, embark or engage in different experiences yeah. and you take things from them. And some of them are incredibly, when you put them together with other things, you realize how powerful yeah. they are and how useful they are. And they're yes. not, they're not competing with one another. Mm. They actually are, you know, supporting, uh, yeah. you know, a way of doing things or ways of doing things, which are great. Yes. So the adaptive leadership um, as an approach to leadership, you know, there's mm. no single approach. You do not need to be a stereotype leader. You know, I, I am not for the single sort of hero or shepherd leader. I, you know, it's it's very much to me about working with others, collaboration, um, mm. adapting to the environment mm. and to the people and the problems around us yeah. and and being you know and that's not about not being skilled it's not soft I mean it requires some very good skills to mm. to engage in that way with others you mm. know and to bring different groups of people and individuals together to resolve issues mm. and I suppose coaching helps at an individual level helps someone think through that very complex the world's not simple and the problems we use you know, certainly in the public sector and the third sector and in the private sector it's not you know yeah. the problems we're facing are not simple problems yes. and you know we, we need to be skilled adaptive mm. leaders to mm. to be successful yeah yeah and would would that adaptive leadership model kind of uh, be you know on your radar you know at the back of your mind or whatever coaching coaching people over recent times yes I, I think it, it definitely informs my view of the world because by the time I had gone to Harvard and the adaptive leadership program you know I'd had 20 years possibly of leadership involvement and leadership development so I was very well schooled in a whole range of different theories of leadership and but adaptive leadership to me gave me a a a more cohesive view of leadership, a more realistic view of leadership oh. and leadership at a very senior level almost to actually say, you know, that this is, we, we develop, you know, from first line, from supervisors, so that we develop as leaders at all levels. And I suppose adaptive leadership would say that as well. Think about leaders at all levels in your organisation. But there is something about actually saying, take leadership seriously. Leadership is a, a resource uh, asset <laughs> um, that we have as people in in abundance in many ways we don't always have the money we don't have the equipment we might not have the facilities but as people we can be creative and we can be adaptive mm -hmm. and if we have those really good skills you know though that's what makes the difference I think and and can bring people together to to find solutions to quite difficult problems mm -hmm. mm, interesting yeah, it's lovely to speak with someone who's actually done that programme um, and just to hear your reflections on it. And it, it kind of sounds like it's um, 
it, it's really supported you as a consultant and a coach. Uh, just it's like one piece of the jigsaw of of what you how, how, what you bring. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one of those. I you know again was privileged to have the opportunity to go and do it. On the other hand, Wendy, like many of us, you know, I was looking. I, it was something I was looking for. So it didn't just happen, you know, I looked and said, what is it that I need to actually, you know, take me to, an, to another place in terms of what I'm doing? How do I keep fresh? What yeah. is it that's going to help in the context that I'm working in? Yes. And, you know, I had been reading, you know, some of the books around and I'd read uh, some of uh, Ron Heifetz and Marty Linsky's books yeah. and, you know, then realised, oh, gosh, they're actually delivering a program I can go on you know, yeah. and then I had to make a case to do that yes. so you know sometimes you have to I I don't know set your you know you know set your own direction and yeah. go for what you think will will help you yes yeah. yes and another question just popped into my mind did you then emulate any of what uh Heifetz and Linsky did, did on your program did you do any of that when you went back to Northern Ireland and you were delivering your programmes? Absolutely, did I you? did. And can you imagine how uncomfortable with a group of uh, Northern Irish public sector leaders to do something like where do we begin or do you operate on case and a case and point basis to say, look, I know you want to do the nice sort of here's the theory bit and you'll all be bored by it anyway but actually I want to know what your challenges are currently and what yeah. are you doing about it <laughs> you know yeah. and let's let's develop around that as opposed to you know, let's talk you know talk about what's safe and um you know is, is just an entertaining day so I think I went from saying I, I don't want to be um, it's not that what went before wasn't wasn't good of course yeah but I, I went from I think uh, being very um, hard on myself in some ways about making sure that you know I had every I dotted and every T yeah. crossed in terms of the presentations I was doing and the different theories I was bringing into the room yeah to actually saying my job is actually to get all of these other people to do their jobs better so actually we're going to work together on yes. the, the issues that they have, the challenges they have, the problems. So the leadership programs I would have designed and run from then on, lot, lot, a lot of them within health now, to be fair, um, would have very much focused on real issues. You know, mm. Uh, mm. what is the challenge? Is it waiting lists? Is it um, team, you know, team difficulties, conflict here? Is it a shortage of resource? Is it what is it? Is it lack of collaboration, you know, um, across the different, uh, you know, primary, secondary care, acute care. So they became, uh, the programmes became much more real to me. And, and I think for that reason had more value to the yes. participants and to the organisations whose leaders were on them. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, yeah, that's, uh -huh. I, I have carried it with me a lot. Uh -huh. yes. But I'm just thinking public sector leaders in Northern Ireland and third sector leaders are lucky to have you. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to ask them. <laughs> that, <won't I? laughs> no. But I've yeah. actually the other thing I suppose I learned and I will say this because it also fits with coaching. Um, I learned to sit back a bit more and not feel I needed to have the answers. 
And in the past, you know, I associated maybe senior leadership or consultancy, certainly with coming in with the answer. So if somebody asked me a question, here's what you should do. And there are great people who do that and are fabulous mentors and and Mm. organisations need people like that. Um, Mm. But they also need people who will be prepared to ask the questions and bounce them back at them. And there are times I have absolutely bit you know, bitten my tongue because I want to say, for goodness sake, can't you just A, B, yeah. and C? Yeah. And I have and, and I've thought, no, that because that's my answer. So yes. I have had to keep going, yes, well what would you do and how could you? Yeah. Until somebody maybe find a, an answer F that I hadn't even thought of, you know, mm. and it surprised me sometimes what the, you know, mm. but that's that's that is about sustainable change and sustainable leadership and sustainable, you know, uh solutions uh for people and so i've become much more comfortable in not not having to be seen as the expert you know coming in with all the answers so that and i think the adaptive leadership helped with that and i think also that fits for coaching that's helped Mm. me in my coaching yeah great great so we're coming to the end we're coming to the end of our time and I think you were going to read a poem. Would you still like to do that? I think I will, actually, Lovely. Wendy, because the reason I'm reading this, so another person, I, I, as I say, I like to keep learning. Another person I have had the privilege of coming across in my work life is a, a poet called David White. And David's also an organisation development consultant, incredibly thoughtful. And um, I came across a poem. In fact, I heard David read it one day and it really struck me. Uh, and it is about uh, taking action and the fact that sometimes even when we know what it is we want to do we have so many we may overcomplicate it by you know here's 10 things I need to do instead of actually being prepared to do the first thing so it's called start close in so if if you're happy I'll read it please start close in don't take the second step or the third Start with the first thing close in, the step you don't want to take. Start with the ground you know, the pale ground beneath your feet, your own way of starting the conversation. Start with your own question. Give up on other people's questions. Don't let them smother something simple. To find another's voice, follow your own voice. Wait until that voice becomes a private ear listening to another. Start right now. Take a small step you can call your own. Don't follow someone else's heroics. Be humble and focused. Start close in. Don't mistake that other for your own. Start close in. Don't take the second step or the third. Start with the first thing close in. The step you don't want to take. Wow. I love how he operates in the kind of liminal space, I yes. think we could call it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. He touches something for people that's quite deep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've always loved poetry. I'm not, a, I'm not a poet, but I have loved poetry. And uh, sometimes just hearing something in, different, in a different way allows you know I think touches something emotionally and mentally for us maybe and even physically it really gets at the well you know Mm. uh, the action or inaction as well and Mm. 
so I keep this by my desk when I this poem yeah <laughs> so and it's useful yeah and what um what would be one way in which it's useful to you I think sometimes just even as an individual, when I am concerned about something or think, you know, I've taken something on that's too much, too big, too complicated. Mm. I, you know, I, I just look around and I look at that and I think, start close in. What's the first step? Okay. You know, and I, that's not overcomplicated, Irene, mm. you know, start and um, do that step and then go from there yes you know, so yes uh, and that that's where I find it very helpful it's just like a little prompt sometimes mm. to me and a reminder yes. that actually you know there may be other people doing all sorts of things or saying here do this or do that but actually the thing I have to find is the step that I need to take and and it may be a step I don't, I don't you know I'm a little afraid of taking mm. but that's the one that needs to be taken Oh, lovely, lovely. Thank you so much, Arian. I've just loved talking to you today. Um, thank you for talking with me and, and sharing aspects of your story and your, um, your career and your work. Um, I've really appreciated it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Wendy. I've really appreciated it too. It's, it's nice just having a chance to pause and reflect on some of these things. So I've enjoyed our conversation together. Oh, thank, thank you. you.